Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dave Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football and this is episode number 14. On the podcast with me today, as always, is Lewis Laird. Lewis, how are you doing? All right, Stefan, pleasure as always. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, I've got some idiot outside cutting his head. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that's annoying me, but other than that, we're good. Um, and as always, we are joined by our newest member to the team, Declan Hughes. Declan, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Good. Good stuff. Um, so, no sort of Scottish Premiership action to recap over the weekend. However, we are here <coughs> to talk all things Scotland. Um, as you'll be aware, they kicked off their World Cup uh, in 2022 qualifying campaign in Qatar um, against Austria at Hamden. Um, then they played last night against Israel and then they play on Wednesday night against the Faroe Islands. Um, just we're going to recap all the, the action from Thursday and last night and then obviously look ahead to Wednesday night. Um, Lewis, let, let's just start off with you. What, what did you think about the team that Steve Clark originally chose? Like he called up the players. Well, what did you think of the players? Is there anyone he missed or is there anyone that did get called up that, that doesn't deserve to be called up? The floor is yours. Uh, I suppose, I think, we'll just touch on Thursday night's team. I thought it was interesting, you know, the back three you went with, because I think over the last few months it's been sort of pretty consistent in terms of Declan Gallagher and McDominate at centre-half, but seeing sort of Hanley and Hendry in there was interesting, I suppose. I mean, I've seen Scotland fans calling for it a lot. You want to play your foreign players, and those are the foreign players at this stage. If you look at Gallagher with Muddle, they're not doing great, but Hanley and Hendry they seem to be doing really well in, in terms of like in the championship and in Belgium but I suppose there's always players I think that are going to be sort of on the peripheral and maybe players don't agree with but I think Steve Clark's probably got his favourites which I know it can be a bugbear some people but I don't mind you know he's the manager he might have a core group that he wants to work with I think he has selected quite a few informed players this time and there's always I think there's always going to be players who just miss out maybe somebody like David Turnbull but I think overall we squad's decent enough and We've seen that in sort of spells and games and stuff and Thursday night's team I, I wasn't too surprised with ending apart from the back three. Okay. Um Declan, what about yourself? Is there any players that you thought should have been called up? Or is there any players that were called up that you thought, God, how are they been given a game? Mm, I mean, I agree with Lewis in terms of like there's always going to be an argument with with supporters whether like if he plays the informed players and they don't seem to like do too well they'll be asking for the players that have already played that kind of got us to the Euros and like vice versa so but in terms of the squad selection I don't think I could have argued with many obviously we spoke about Turnbull on previous podcasts but in terms of Clark's system I think um, the selection was probably was probably right going on form um, I know Hanley and like a couple of years ago if you looked at Hanley and Henry in the back line you would have <laughs> kind of been wondering if you were in a dream a bad dream but I think like the two of them have also been doing well at respective clubs so they probably deserve to be in there especially with I think Gallica was he just back not long back from injury or mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know if he was fully up to scratch so um, no I think I think pretty much he, he did get the kind of uh, all the call ups right aspect to the sea obviously Shea Adams I think that was a good decision to kind of exercise all avenues and kind of explore who was available to, to pick and to find someone like him who, who can offer you something different was a good good kind of um, 
tactic by Clark to kind of get him up. But uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't really argue with the in terms of the the whole squad selection. I couldn't really argue with it. Okay. Um. Ah, uh, that, that's fair enough. Uh, I, I think for me, the only player that sort of maybe maybe two players that, that missed out on a call up were maybe Billy Gilmore, um, and David Turnbull from Celtic. Um, I, I think the only players that maybe he, he did call up that he probably shouldn't have called up would be Ollie McBurney. Again, I, I don't think he's done enough in a Scotland jersey. Um, mm-hmm. holding the ball in the corner, uh, against is uh, yeah, was it Serbia? Did, you know, Israel is great shithousery, but at the end of the day, it's it's not what you're looking for from your striker. Okay, yeah, do it, but score goals and and other than the penalty in Serbia, he's not he's not done much. Um, you know, in, in a Scotland jersey, so I, I don't understand how he merits a a, a call up. Um, but I, again, that's for Steve Clark to, mm. to decide. I was surprised with the John uh, the. John Hendry, the <laughs> Hendry call up because when he was in a great team at Celtic, he didn't really do well. He didn't really thrive. He went out on loan. Lewis, you'll know the the name of the team better than me. Is it Ustende? Ustende. Ustende. Um, I always have to, to rely on you to, to fix that for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, by all accounts, he, he came into the team on Thursday, and did he look out of place? No, was it was a surprise that it wasn't the back three of McTominay, Tierney, and Gallagher? Yes, I, I was surprised to see Grant Hanley in there, um, but I, I don't think either did did too badly to be honest. Um, I, I was actually impressed with with Jack Henry, and I thought he was unlucky um, for the big uh, Austrians headed goal. I, I don't think there was much he could have done. He could maybe have got tighter to him, but I don't think he could have stopped the big mountain of a man from from heading the the ball past. Uh, David Marshall, um, but, but yeah, I I think the squad that he probably got it right. In terms of the result on Thursday night, obviously it was a two-two draw. Great goal from Grant Hanley and spectacular finish from John McGinn. I, I said on Twitter that it was a game Scotland probably should have and could have won um, had they not been so <coughs> passive. In, in the way that they played, um, I, I don't know what you guys think, uh, Lewis. Yeah, I think it's all about uh, fine margins. I mean, you know, if you take that draw and go and win last night, I think you'd be sort of delighted with the start because I think Austria are a good side. You know, I don't think they should be underestimated. Maybe I think they were missing a few players, but I think it still it was a sort of decent result. I would take. I wasn't. I would. Well, I suppose I was a little disappointed to be had win, but maybe that shows sort of we've come how far we've come a wee bit since a few months ago so but uh, yeah I think you know, you've had nail on the head sort of there but I see what you mean for sure uh, Declan yeah I mean on reflection I think it was a fair result I'd say you know like we had we, we took too long again to get started in the game and I think that was kind of uh, kind of the feeling in both games we just like too long to get started and they went and they went and punished us with a big man up front. But I think and and like a few years ago, like would have probably crumbled. You know, the, as Lewis was saying, they're obviously still a strong team. They still had strong, strong players on the park. But I thought we did grow into the game and and play quite well. And it was just it was just like obviously unfortunate that we we probably couldn't get the win because obviously I feel as if everyone knew it was there for the kind of taking and there was chances and. Well, a wee bit more luck, we probably 
we probably could have got the result, but I feel as if it probably was a fair result just because obviously both like both kind of goals. I feel as if like both sides took their goals kind of well, but then we like we had the penalty chance, but I feel as if the the one that they scored that was disallowed. I feel as if that was soft as well, and that could have been that could have been given. So yeah, it was probably a fair result. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I can disagree. I, I think Scotland could maybe feel that they they, they could have done more to, to win the game. Uh, but, you know, Austria, they, they had a game plan from the start. I think they put, was it Stefan Leiner, right on Andy Robertson to, to stop him from advancing up the up the field. So straight away they cut off sort of a point of, of use for, for Scotland to, to get the ball into the box. Um, you know, then they had the, the big uh, guy who plays for Stuttgart, is it Sasha K- K- Kaladzic, I think, I think his name is. Um, you know, they were just trying to fire the ball into him at, at every opportunity and it worked on, on two occasions. Well, not, I suppose not. It's, it worked on one occasion. The other one was a, a save from Marshall and he, he tapped into the back of the net. But um, still a, a, a decent player for for, uh, for Austria that, that worked out well for them. I think, I think watching the game, Scotland, they grew into it. And I think you find that with every Scotland game that they do. Grow, grow into the game. They never come straight out the traps. It's always a, a game where they, they find they have to find their footing. Um, you know, it was it was disappointing after the Euros, like the the success against Serbia. You, you were hoping that they would come out and be like a more attacking threat, but but they weren't. The whole play just seemed seemed so passive. Um, and mm. I, I don't know if that's a negative aspect of Steve Clark's management, uh, Lewis. Yeah, I think, I mean, to be honest, I think that's what we were expecting from Steve Clark when he came in. And I don't want to sort of make it sound so we're giving excuses, but he has done the job in terms of getting the steers. Of course, we want to further ourselves. And I think he still is doing a decent job of that. You know, I, I wasn't expecting too much in terms of free flowing football. You know, I don't think many teams in international football do that. Maybe your Germany's and stuff, but these guys have got top level players, you know, some of the world's best. So. I think when it comes to Steve Clark's style of play, it's it's how it's going to be with Scotland. You know, not much is going to, is going to change with that. Uh, what about yourself, Declan? Yeah, I think we obviously know what you're getting when we appointed Steve Clark, and it is it is about progress. You know, he has come in, he's got us to the Euros. You know, if now we can build on things and start to further ourselves more in terms of taking more scalps off big teams and stuff like that. But like it's it's hard. The most one of the most frustrating things for me the other night was the fact that after five ten minutes you could tell what they were going to do. They were going to get the ball, try and whip crosses into that the big guy in the box, and that it just feels like we were so slow in getting out to to their players, especially around the edge of the box. And that's when we got punished for the first goal because we just didn't get out to the man quick enough, and he took a an awkward shot, which to be fair, Marshall should probably do better with, and he will be disappointed probably with himself in terms of how he just parried it out to the big guy but um, yeah I think that is one of the most frustrating things and and to be a, for a team that you know we tend to sit back and soak up a lot of pressure I don't know if we're like like we've got a, like the greatest quality can I do that and against bigger teams you will get punished you know Jack Henry and Hanley are obviously as we said doing well respectively but when you come against like big teams, I think if you start sitting back and soaking up that pressure, they're just going to punish you. Um, but I, I think in terms of like 
the way I can't really argue with what as much like, as much because I still think that we're in games we're still you know in them a lot of the time whereas before we can crumble and get hammered or you know it's like Kazakhstan and that but I think that um that will it's just about progress and obviously it doesn't get to work like at Kilmarnock he had every day with the players and you know he you seen what he done with them and got them right up to third in the table but um so he, he kind of when he has like that control for a long period of time he can can make things work so it'll be difficult for him you know to try and get the kind of bond and the, and that's how I was kind of surprised with the, the, the team selection maybe just because continuity kind of helps when they're playing <clears throat> in the same like system all the time but I think that we will notice that there probably will over like years to come we probably will see progress and see the team kind of furthering themselves and just maybe what they're doing now Mm. One um, thing, one thing I would say, Stephen, is over these uh, last few games, I think what we have seen is a bit of character. You know, maybe something we have missed when we go sort of one 0 down, and what we don't don't give up and you sort of get that goal like we did. I know it's disappointing getting a draw, but it's much better than a, a loss. And we have seen sort of character since Steve Park coming. Yeah, I, I think you can see the the real uh, mentality of the Scotland team. You know, if you look at the team under maybe Alex McLeish, you would. Austria go one nil up. You you feel they'd go two nil up and three nil up and four nil up. Um, you know, under Steve Clark, you don't see that happening because he is, he, he's a manager that he doesn't play to win, but he plays not to lose. Um, and and his team will fight in, until the very end, uh, which is a good thing. You just kind of want them to fight that little bit more that they could fight fight to win, um, especially in the game last night that we'll, we'll come on to in a second. Um, Scotland were denied a, a, a... Normally I ask you if Scotland, if teams were denied a penalty, was it a penalty, was it not? I'm going to you know, put my, my flag right into the ground here and say that was a penalty that Scotland were denied. And I don't know uh, you know, what the referee, Carlos Del Cero Grande, was, was thinking about because he was looking dead at it. Um, and I, I don't understand how he comes to the conclusion that when you're you're the defending player and you have two hands round the attacking player and pull him to the ground that it's not a penalty. I, I, I don't understand, you know, what, what he was seeing. Um, but, but what do you guys think? Do you think it was a penalty, uh, Declan? Yeah, I think <laughs> I know. Like the past few weeks, I think we've debated a few, but there's no debate in this one that is a stonewall penalty all day long. I cannot believe. The referee is standing in a position where he can clearly see that and he hasn't gave a penalty. It's just it's just mad. But then again, that's just as Lewis was saying earlier, it's the fine margins, especially at international football. But um that that old Sanker, I think it was, that, that had his arms around him, had a shocking game. Mm. I was looking at him pre like pre kickoff and I was thinking, right, you know, I think he's at Frankfurt and he's doing he's doing decent. He's had a, I, I just thought he was one of the more decent players. And I thought he had an absolute stink on him. He deserved to be punished for that one. But it's just it's just mad how that she wasn't given a penalty. I think there's nothing more really to say on it. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where you say, if it's anywhere else in the park, it's a free kick. So how's it, how's it not a penalty? You know, the fact he's got both arms around him, pulling him down, not looking at the ball at all, you know, even though it's gone over his head, it's incredible. Not even just the referee. The fact there's, there's four officials there and not one of them decides it's a penalty. It's just, it's just crazy. And more to the point of, see if he doesn't think it's a penalty, then why did he not do what the referee last night did and book the player for diving? If, it, if it's not a penalty, it's it's a dive. So why not book him? 
do you, do you think referees need to start doing that more because it it it, it sort of it, it can stop people from diving if they're getting punished for it but I, I mean obviously it wasn't a dive but if he's not giving it as a penalty then surely he must assume it's it's a dive do you agree disagree I can uh, see where you're coming from but something like that could come back to really bite you know I think if Ryan Christie even booked there I think he would have been suspended for for another game so obviously the referee should be putting them for diving but at the same time it just come back and probably bite isn't it would be sort of double down on the fact you don't get a penalty and you've got a player suspended so imagine your rage for the referee after that yeah no I mean that that's a fair point as well I just think it's always a good question to, yeah. mm-hmm. to ask um, right, let's move on from the, the Austria game uh, obviously had to head to Israel last night it's good to see fans back, back in the stadium um, it's something that I've actually missed when you sort of turn the game on and you hear the fans you're like whoa what is this noise but um, no it was great to have fans back in the stadium I seen there was one one guy with a Scotland <laughs> flag I thought that was brilliant um, but what did you think of the game uh, as a whole Lewis? I mean it's the cliche a game of two halves wasn't it the first half wasn't great for Scotland you know conceding the goal we did I think again it'll be one that sort of David Marshall maybe is a bit disappointed I wouldn't say it's something he definitely should save because it's, it's it's just sort of going out of his reach but he, I mean as always with sort of professional goalkeepers I think they will be disappointed to concede goals like that it was interesting to see he sort of reacted and changed the system instantly at half time you know brings on Christy for Henry and it probably was better the second half so it does beg the question what is going to happen with the system going forward you know Wednesday night's probably going to be a good indication of that. Well, maybe not the best indication with uh, the opposition. I'm not saying disrespecting the Islands, but I don't think the Islands are sort of comparison to teams like England and Czech Republic and Croatia, who we'll face sort of just a few months down the line. So it should be interesting to see where we go in terms of formation. But again, game of two halves, really. Uh, what about yourself, Liz? Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... It's just it's another game where we've we've started slow, and as you said, like it seems to be a recurring theme with Scotland. Just every game we we start we start slow. You know, they've got technical players, they've got tidy footballers, like got the ball out wide, like get it into the guys in the middle, and then they've got boys up front that can cause real damage. And we just sat off and let them pile the pressure on in the first half, and it was just. It was just frustrating, obviously, to watch to watch us do that because it feels like obviously they they're a team I feel like we should be beating, and mm. as much as they've got good players, I still think we should be kind of getting at them. So maybe maybe Clark's kind of um, approach to games, as you say, it can can let us down at, at times when we're playing against teams that you know we should be kind of beating. But um, I felt as if yeah, the second half it changed the system. And automatically, you could tell we're. I think we're better with a, with a back four, even if it means Tierney's playing it left centre half. I think like it just like in terms of the way we played in that system, we got at them more. Uh, we had a, we had obviously. I, I think we had chances as well. You know to do well. Um, we pushed obviously we pushed the wing backs kind of forward, and it was stopping their full backs from getting the service into their like kind of playmakers in the middle I know that Daza the right back I, f- I thought he was always been a kind of good player and he's always getting crosses in the box that can hurt you and then you've obviously got I think that that's a habit as up front he scored like 18 
he scored in 18 of his last 20 internationals for Israel, which mm. is mad. Um, and I just feel like when you set off players like him and Solomon and that, they can they can hurt you, which which I feel like we maybe did again in terms of their goal. Long-range strike, he's opened up his body, like got to get out faster, he closes him down. Marshall's definitely got to do better, in my opinion. I know we're saying it's kind of going away from him, but he gets two hands behind it, so I'm thinking definitely needs to do better. Um, but again, I think the same as the Austria game, you can't really argue with a draw on the basis of the the, the performance. Like I, I felt as if like obviously both teams had chances, but I, I don't think we could argue with the draw. I, I feel as if like at the start of the game, just before they kind of started to really pile on the pressure, was like McTominay had a header. That I thought he, he he didn't even open his eyes and look. He just like got his head on it. Like he, he timed the kind of the jump perfectly and that I feel as if if he actually looked where he was putting the header we could have could have maybe scored. Um Carl McGregor had a chance as well that he kinda of just sapped over the bar. It was a weird one. I feel as if he could have maybe done better with that. But yeah. Feels as if now we're going forward I think we're probably I know that we talked about the continuity with the back three and stuff like that, but I feel as if we we probably are more effective with that back four to be honest. And mm. I feel as if the draw was probably a fair result again. See, I, I think in the terms when you when you look at the game and you look at the chances that Israel did scupper, you, you would say, yeah, I think Scotland deserved the draw. They could have been 2 or 3 nil down by half-time, um, you know, by all accounts. But, again, it's the, it's the slowness out of the traps uh, that, that cost Scotland last night. It was the the, the passive play that, that cost Scotland last night. What What is David Marshall doing there? He sees a guy uh, from maybe... 30, 25 yards out, he gets two hands behind it, but still can't keep it out. It's terrible goalkeeping, and you have to wonder, you look at the season that Alan McGregor's had for Rangers, does that ball beat Alan McGregor? I, I don't think so. Uh, I know he's retired, but I, again, it just it, it kind of it just sort of annoys me that, that 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 kind of shot gets by a decent keeper like David Marshall when it, it wouldn't get by someone like, like Alan McGregor. I know it, it might be an unfair comparison to make, but when you look at it, Alan McGregor staying on at Rangers, looking like it for another year, could you tempt him back out of retirement? Because he is a keeper you would you would want to have um, for, for the Euros, at least in my opinion. I think he's done well this season with Rangers. Um Again, a sort of victim of their own, you know, downfall. Scotland, they, they they sat off so much last night. You know, they were allowing that guy, is it Tibby, Tibby, to fire balls in over the top. Who, okay, he doesn't have the best of pace, so you're not going to go to him because he, you know, he's not going to get by you. But he's he's cutting right through you like a hot knife to butter with the balls he was playing through. It was just ridiculous how much they sat off. And then obviously the goal, they they sat right off it. McTominay was the only one that went to close it down and was unlucky not to close it down. But uh, it's just a poor goal to lose from from my point of view. You know, the halftime hit and you were like, okay, just hold on and you can count this as a good half. Then they score and you're like, well, well, that's just poor because it, it ultimately is. And Ryan Fraser got Scotland out of jail um, big time last night. You know, secured a draw, what could have been a, a defeat and would have... I think would have ended the campaign, you know, there and then, and you're only two games in. But yeah, no, no not a great performance. I, I think on merit, I, I think deserved a draw. Could have had more, but again, just down to the nature that Steve Clark played the 
the game too. You know, he, he took off Shea Adams, who by all accounts had a, a, a great game. He led the line well. Yeah. Um, was unlucky not to to score, but he brought Lyndon Dykes on. You know, why not have two strikers on when you're chasing a goal? It, it doesn't make sense to me. But um, I uh, probably deserved. Yeah, I was. I was just gonna. I was gonna point out like how I thought Adams was. You could just tell like how he's he's got to be the number one kind of going forward now. Mm. I think uh, up top, like just uh, like even for the goal, you see him committing defenders. See with the way he was like. Picking the ball up, driving. I thought him and Fraser's link up was quite good. I know, like I mentioned on the last, I think it was the last podcast as well about about Fraser, just how he offers you something different. You know, like sometimes I feel as if the the players at the top end of the park don't get enough service, especially the last time we played Israel away. You know, I, I feel as if like there was there was maybe balls going forward and Dykes was just throwing himself at them, but there was nothing really. We were too slow in getting up and supporting them and kind of. Causing any real damage, and I feel as if Fraser kind of has pace and stuff like that, and the fact that he can come inside and go wide, it will kind of it does benefit us. And obviously, we've seen with the goal how the two of them linked up well. Mm. But um, I, as you were saying, like same old story really. But I don't know if kind of Israel seems they had fans and it's obviously more a kind of hostile environment in that in that case. So maybe they they used that to the, well, they obviously did use that to their advantage in the first half, but. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see definitely Shea Adams, the, the number one up top now. I, I mean, I, th- I think he has to be. He offers more, you know, than Ollie McBurney. Not seen Kevin Nisbet play for Scotland yet. Hopefully he gets a game against the Faroes. But Lyndon Dykes, his game on Thursday night, every time the ball get played into him, he, I hate using this phrase, but his touch took him right down the M74. Like, that. that's how bad it was. He, I, I can't... He, a ball, I think Robertson threw the ball in from a throw-in to him, and he hit it off his foot to like pass it back, but too much power that put out a plate. It was like, it's those small things that if the big man can hold them in, he has the strength to turn people and get Scotland on the front foot, but he, he didn't do enough of it. So I, I would say Shea Adams has to be the, the number nine, if you will, going forward. Um, I want to touch on Andy Robertson for a second, because... This guy plays at the highest level. He's won the Champions League. He's won the Premier League with Liverpool. But, oh, my God, did he make Eli Dassach look like prime Danny Alves, you know, in every game he's played against him. The, the guy just gets by him. He doesn't do anything to stop him. And he, he makes this guy who plays for Vitisi look world-class when, in reality, he isn't that good. And it is one of the most annoying things for me about Andy Robertson is he was given captaincy. Was it based off of ability and leadership? No, it was based off yeah, he plays for Liverpool. And it, it really bugs me. I don't know if you guys feel the same. You might disagree. We might have an argument about it. But I, I have to get that off my chest because it really it was annoying me last night how mm. how lacking of leadership he was. He, I feel like he offered nothing. And he let that guy Dasa run rings around him. It just... It wound me up so much. I, I don't know what you guys think. Uh, Lewis, got you. Yeah, I think it is a bit disappointing seeing Robertson because he is, well, maybe not as much this season, but he has been so effective for Liverpool over the, the past year. So, you know, it's clear he, he does have sort of ability when he's playing with them and he's got the quality, but we've not seen it enough for Scotland, you know. I think going into Wednesday night, I would like to see Tierney play in the sort of left-back role because I think he deserves a shot. You know, he's 
been very good for Arsenal this season. Even in the Scotland games, I think at times, even though he's been playing at centre back, he's been really good at sort of getting up the field and even in, in defensive play. So Tierney deserves his shot. Going into the Euros, do I expect Tierney to start over Robertson? I would say no. I think Robertson will play, especially they will definitely in the first game. You know, it's just a, I think it's a thing when an asked well, your captain is always starting sort of bar injury, but it's certainly a topic for discussion on online uh, last night and today, that's for sure. Uh, what about yourself, Declan? I mean, I, I feel as if, like, you were, you're probably right. Like, I think in both games, Robertson didn't look, like, very good. And I, I'll disagree with you on the, the Dasa point. I know he plays for Vitesse Arnhem. And I, I think when, I, when I've seen him play as a decent player, but in no way should obviously Robertson Robertson should be able to handle, you know, someone like that. But I just, I feel as if he is decent. And the fact in the second half when Clark obviously pushed the wing back wing backs on, you could see how high they were pressing up the pitch and, and it worked in our favour, obviously. Um kinda of stop him service into the middle, which which can can kinda of prevent the balls going over the top and them causing us more damage. But I think it's just unfortunate that, that Tierney's just the better of the centre half out of the two of them because I don't like I feel as if like obviously playing for Arsenal left back he, he I seen a tweet and I think it was someone that said um you know he's like Robin you know exactly what he's going to do but you just can't stop him Aye. and it's like yeah that's that's so true but just you, you just couldn't take him out I don't think you can take him out the middle now just because we don't have a lot of strength in there as it is and he's probably better than what we have in there and then and he's obviously maybe can offer you a bit on the left as well but I just think that because he's the better out better out the two of them at playing centrally then he's, he's got to play there I think it's you know it's, it's a good option like a headache for Steve Clark to have is you know having Tierney and, and Robertson because don't get me wrong Robertson is a good left back for oh. Liverpool um, he, he's great but I, I don't know if that's because he's sitting in a alongside Virgil van Dijk and um, Joe Gomez and, and Alexander-Arnold but for Scotland he doesn't do it but Kieran Tierney does he, he consistently on a consistent basis shows up for Arsenal shows up for Scotland and you know I've yet to see a performance from Kieran Tierney that said well I don't think he should be getting picked up because he is he's genuinely a world-class player so it's just frustrating that he can't play in his preferred position and he has to sort of sit in to the 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 sort of central role, which don't get me wrong, he, he does superbly well, and you you wouldn't think that he's out of place there when he when he, when he is, but he, he doesn't look it. Um, I just I wanted to bring that up because it's something that just it, it was annoying me the whole of last night, and then I seen people saying that you know Andy, you know he's just having a bad game. You know when does he have a good game I, for Scotland? I, I genuinely just don't see. It. I just feel like he's overrated for Scotland, and I think that's just down to the fact that. He's part of a, a decent Liverpool squad, well, at least was, maybe not this season, but uh, in past couple of seasons. Um, I mean, without dragging that on too much, um, maybe just move on to, just quickly to look ahead to the, the fair I'll just say first, I'm yeah. fed up of playing Israel. Oh, mate, I know. Right. It, it, it's boring. Um <laughs> I genuinely feel like it's the Celtic Rosenberg thing all over again. Like, just still got to play them one more time as well. It's like, ugh. I just can't escape them. Um, it's brutal. Um, but here's hoping it'll be the last for a while. No, I didn't hold my breath. 
Uh, <laughs> I just want to quickly say Hatim Elhamid last night was their weak link and Scotland never utilised or capitalised on that enough. That, that guy was he was on a shaky peg the whole night and but some people he was great for Scotland, uh, for Celtic um in the games that he played he, he did play well but but last night he was <laughs> he was there reclaim as we capitalized on that uh, we would have won um but I, I I'm just a fan sitting watching it in my room uh, what what do I know over Steve Clark um right Faroe Islands looking at the game both Scotland and the Faroe Islands going in the same kind of form uh out of the last five lost two, drawn three uh, I think Lithuania uh, Latvia, Malta, Moldova and Austria were the, the opposition um, Scotland obviously had Israel twice um, Slovakia was it? And Serbia so um, you know, decent opposition compared to what the Faroe Islands have faced but going into that game on Wednesday night, well, let's just start off, what, what's your prediction is going to be uh, Declan? I think obviously it's now a must-win game, and I think if we get beaten that game, then it's just we may as well just walk away from it. But no, I don't think. Obviously, I'm saying that, but I don't think we can underestimate them. We just we can never afford to do that with anybody. But going into the game, favourites, we should we should be beating them and and comfortably at that. It'll be interesting to see how we can approach the game because, as I was saying, Clark, you know, you know, his, his system can be branded as negative and. Don't think that's a game we can really afford or want to see us going in to play negative. So, be interesting to see how he kind of sets up. Um, I think we we need to go out and and beat them. Like twelve, we should beat two or three now. I know that's quite <laughs> maybe a bold prediction considering we don't tend to score a lot of goals. But I think that's what that's what needs to happen to to stand us. In good stead, you know, are pushing on, gaining confidence to to qualify. Uh, Lewis, yeah, look, you can't you can't sort of underestimate any sides in in football or international football. I think obviously they they took the lead against Austria last night. You know, it should be a game that you're winning. Though so far the campaign, look, I don't starting off with two points. It's not great. You've got some catching up to do, but at the same time, I don't think it's a disaster. It makes the sort of the Austria probably more the Austria games think them much going to be a tough one. You know, we've seen them last night winning eight now as well. But it's going to be crucial after getting a draw with Austria. The game over there, that's going to be the big one. So I think we obviously need to win these sort of games. Uh, but I wouldn't say the campaign's been off to a disaster. Get three points on Wednesday night if. They might be Austria, then we're up into second place. You know, I think you you take that at this stage. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying that it's it's all doom and gloom, and okay, the results haven't been the greatest. You know, both games Scotland could have and should have won, but it's not by any means a disaster. You know, Scotland beat the Faroe Islands tomorrow on Wednesday night, and Denmark take a couple off of Austria on goal difference. You know, Scotland. Get a couple of goals. Hopefully, Denmark put a couple of goals by Austria. Your quid's in. You're, you're second. Then you've got to face. I think is it Moldova after that in September. Then Denmark, and then is it? It must be Israel and Austria in, in the October or whatever. But you know, you're setting yourself on on good stead. Then the Denmark game will be tough. But you know, as they showed against Serbia, you know, Scott. It's a, it's a game Scotland could just play not not to lose, and you, you wouldn't mind it against the opposition like um, Denmark. So it's 
it's not it's not a disaster by by any means when you you look at the games that are coming up for Scotland. You've got your Faroe Islands, you've got your Moldova. So as long as they, they can pick up the win, it's uh, Scotland are in a, an okay position um, mm. when you look at it. Um, what about prediction wise? What what are you thinking? Uh, as Declan mentioned, we're not a team that scores lots of goals. I think we should be trying to sort of notch up a few. Who will we go with up front? Maybe he'll sort of stick with the Adams Fraser because it did work quite well. Maybe go with two up front. So I think Adams, you guys mentioned Adams is the one who should be playing, especially after last night's performance. I thought it was really good. Maybe try Nisbet. You know, I know it's a game we should be going in and trying to win, but it is so we can. I'd say experiment a lot, not too much, like say 11 changes or whatnot, but say if you start in Nisbet and Adams up front, I think there is room for that with two strikers who have been sort of good this season. So I'll go for a 3-0 Scotland. Okay. Ah, fair enough. I was, I was going to say 3-0 as well. Um, <laughs> so no, that, that, that's fine. Um, looking ahead just a little bit further on to the Euros, I know we, we can't really afford to do that at the moment, but it's nice to have that coming up in the summer. Um, what players would you that haven't been called up? Um, obviously, we've mentioned Turnbull and that, but is there anyone else that you would bring to the Euros that that hasn't been called up yet, uh, Lewis? It's, it's a really tough one because I think an ideal world you would pick these guys, but we've got a squad of twenty three to pick from. I think there was more than twenty three in sort of these internationals. I think I'm not sure exactly how many we picked, but he does have to sort of stick to. A tight squad, you know, you can't afford to take everyone. I think, depending on the change of system, could James Forrest play his way into contention? You know, I was thinking if we were playing the three at the back, I thought Forrest would miss out. But if, if he is looking to play that four at the back as well, maybe somebody like James Forrest could come in. Ryan Gold's been really good this season. You know, for me, I'd love to take somebody like Billy Gilmore, you know, purely for experience and stuff, but I can see him missing out again. I suppose these sort of conversations are really good things, you know, the amount of midfield quality we've got, I think we've seen that, you know, over the past two games, McGregor dropped out, you've got a midfield three, uh, McTominay, McGinn and Armstrong, three Premier League regulars, you know, it's it's a good argument to have and a good headache for Steve Clark, but there's a few players who could be playing their way in over the next few months and it's an incentive for them. Yeah. Uh, Declan? Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to this summer, I don't, I don't think we'll see as many changes, um, whether we like it or not. I, I, I know we're discussing it before. I'd probably have Patterson in there ahead of Palmer, um, and he, he, we never know with Patterson. He's obviously going to get more minutes under his, his belt before well, the season. Uh, I don't know, about it. I think he'll be getting a ban today, won't he? He's getting a ban today. Yeah, the hearing was the other day, and I think they're hearing the verdict today for that COVID party thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So well. In, te- in terms of quality, though, I'd, I'd probably mm-hmm, have, yeah. I'd probably have him in. Do you know what I mean? But I think just just Palmer's just I don't know. I, I remember like we were talking about it before, and it's just just if you're looking closer at home, I think I think we've got a few that could probably play their way into contention. Maybe not Patterson if he's on a long ban. Yeah. Depends how long, it obviously, is. But um, even we we're talking about Sean Rooney, that might be a bold bold mm-hmm. kind of statement. But he he maybe not look too much at a place. Who knows? Um, the other ones I'm thinking of is maybe Turnbull, obviously, but as we spoke about with the system, it's because you could look at him replacing John Fleck, maybe, but obviously two different types of players, and maybe Fleck provides decent cover for the kind of sitting midfielders. So 
Um, yeah, I, I can't really see any much, uh, a lot of changes. Um, I think there's nothing really that can be argued about if that is the case either. I think obviously Forrest, it's hard to tell whether he'll whether he'll play uh, his way into the squad. I think he probably will, but obviously we'll need to get more more minutes under his belt as well because he's kind of looked obviously naturally rusty since he's he's returned from his injury. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't think a lot will change going into it. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, I, I think that kind of wraps up uh, the discussion um, into Scotland. Is there any other points you, you guys you know want to raise that maybe haven't been raised? Uh, just just for the Patterson thing, how how many games is it that they're rumoured that he's that he's meant to be missing? Is it the rest Go, of the season? I, I expect. I think going off. So I'm not 100 percent sure. On, so are the other players, I think they may have got an eight-game ban. I can't remember Bolly and stuff, but it may have been four suspended. So maybe it will make this at the end of the season. I think it, it probably all depends on the on the hearing, which we will. So I think the verdict will be announced this afternoon. So there's a chance I think it could make the end of the season, but I suppose it just all depends on what they've decided on. Okay. Um. Well, thanks very much for coming on again, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I know it was a sort of maybe shorter episode than we're, we're kind of used to, um, but obviously we're not having any Premiership games on, we, we couldn't really recap much. Um, as always, we will be back here again next Monday at 4pm, available on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts and really wherever else you get your, your podcast fix from. <laughs>